When you stop learning, you start dying. Yeah, unbuckled. Unbuckled discussion. Unbuckled discussions. This is unbuckled discussions. Unbuckled discussions. Unbuckled discussions. Unbuckled discussions. Welcome to unbuckled discussions. Yeah, they are noisy, but they it's nice. They're here every morning though, right? Yeah. Yeah, most mornings, eh? Oh, wow, there's like good 20 of them almost, right? Or 10 at least. Oh, well, how are you, Philip? Good, Neil. <laughs> Thank you for coming on Unbuckled Discussions. Absolute pleasure, buddy. It's uh, good to be here. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, who are you? So, uh, name's Philip Kelly, as you know. Yeah. Um, South African, um, born 50 years ago. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, moved to Australia about 12 years ago with the family. Um, and uh, I would say uh, I'm a family man, I suppose. That's yeah. probably the best part of the way I can describe myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I work in the medical industry. Uh, we sell medical products um, to hospitals, so particularly heart valves mm -hmm. um, and then all sorts of ICU medical stuff, etc. So that's a little bit about uh, Philip. I've got uh, two kids, um, Lance and Natalie. We're both adults at the moment, so I wouldn't call them kids anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Natalie's married, uh, lives up in Coffs Harbour, and um, Lance is uh, um, living on the property here with us. Yeah. And he's currently a paramedic. So. And um, you feel like this is where you wanted to be? Yeah. It, when you when you imagined it when you were younger? No, look, I definitely not where I thought I was going to end up and where yeah. I was going to be, but. Uh, that's life, Neil, you know what I mean? Yeah, it takes yeah. you in different directions and it takes you uh, um, not where you expect. Um, but it's certainly a good place to be. I mean, you know, absolutely uh, love what we're doing here and love the, uh, the country and love, love the little town that we've found ourselves settled in, um, you know. But who knows where life takes you next, right? Yeah, that's it. It's um, but... Like, did you expect to be in Australia or did you expect to be in another country or did you expect to be back in South Africa? No, look, I, I, I guess I knew we weren't going to be in South Africa. Um, which country, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, hey, we were definitely going to be in Australia. Yeah. Um, I had my sights set on, um, on the US at one stage. I was, I was really keen and planning to go to the US and then potentially Europe. Um, and then something came up in Australia and we landed here. So yeah. I wouldn't say this is definitely where we had wanted to be, where we had seen mm. our sights, but you know, this is where we landed up. And You're a person that travels to the US quite frequently. Do you, yeah. um, when you travel there, do you, do you ever get the thought that oh, no, we should have ended up in the US? No, I don't, I don't get that thought. I think, you, you know, I, I, I think life takes you in certain directions and the road that you go down, you know, you don't always choose. So yeah. to say, hey, look, you should have ended up in the US or you should have ended up here. I mean, who knows where we mm. should end up and who knows where we're going to end up, uh, Neil, you know what I mean? I, yeah. We might eventually land back in South Africa, who knows, <laughs> you, you know, as, yeah. as, as we move on and get older. Um, I think what's more important about life is more about, you know, are you happy where you're at? And, yeah. and, and that's probably the key rather than, hey, I've got to be here, I've got to be there. It's not, it's not really the destination for me. It's probably more the journey. Yeah. Um, I think that's important, you know. So. Well, um, do you feel like, or like, I don't know, this journey has made you feel like you've succeeded in life? Um, not so much succeeded, but it's been an adventure for sure. You yeah. know, so so any any big undertaking that you do when you when you change jobs or you move countries or you do something massive in your life, how much do you learn? You know, you just grow and you learn and you understand and so I don't classify it as successful. I would classify it as just an adventure and a growing, you know. I've mm -hmm. got to know the Australia, I've got to know the Australian people. I've got to know different cultures and, and, and the way people interact. And if you never try and you never venture, you'll never see that. Yeah, yeah, you true. Know, at the end of the day, if you just stay in one place or you just remain in one country, that's all you'll ever know. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. For some people, that's perfectly fine. And, and yeah. if, if that's what they enjoy, great. 
Um, but, you know, I've, I felt a little sense of adventure. Also experience for Natalie and Lance and Cheryl was fantastic. So, you know, again, who knows, we might move again, yep. you know. Just you and Auntie Cheryl, though. Probably. Yeah. Probably at this stage. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, mean? the, I think um, Lance and Natalie are, are, are quite settled here. I think they're pretty settled. I think, uh, I, I, again, you never know. I mean, you know, you know, even if you looked at yourself, would you have expected to be here? Would you have expected to be doing this at this stage? No, not at all. Ago, probably not at all. I've been trying all, to know? leave Australia for the last seven years and failing miserably. As <laughs> I, but so you're exactly right. You never know where it's going to take yeah. you. Or maybe something's keeping you here. Maybe there's a yeah. reason keeping you here. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've been thinking that actually. A lot of different events that I could, at the time, I, I would have uh, like um, seen them as something going wrong have kept me here. But then not long after that, something's gone right. You know, So I yeah. thought, oh, maybe I was meant to be here or meant to come back, etc. So Yeah. But um, so the reason I want you, uh, I wanted you on, is because uh, I don't know. I feel like you've got a lot of experience from your career, okay, uh, over Thanks, over your life, yeah. And um, you seem to articulate yourself well, and ha you have a good, well-rounded understanding of the world and what's going on, right? So, um, well, I hope so. But, uh, <laughs> thanks for saying that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. But um, yeah, for the audience that doesn't know, um, you're I've you're kind of my uncle. I've grown up. I've grown up with you. You you knew me as a kid. You as a baby, yeah. Yeah, Just, as know, a baby. Yeah. Really, true. It's <laughs> long. Yeah, we were. Um, I I remember coming to your house as a kid in South Africa and um, gallivanting around the suburbs with Lance, on the on the bikes. Yeah. Um, I've known you for quite a while, so yeah, that's why I'm calling him Uncle Philip. Um, <laughs> no, that's cool, and that's. Uh, I mean, and for those that don't know, I mean, that's just the way South Africans talk, and it's a sign of respect for for people that are older than you right and yeah it's, I, a, it's a good sign i mean it's i i i certainly enjoy that part of the uh, you South do? african culture yeah true see a lot of <clears throat> some of my other family members who have moved to australia don't like it when i call them auntie and uncle and and um, they've always asked me don't call me that don't call me that like, i i can't <laughs> it's just it's just there i have to i think it's good i mean uh, one big thing i've got in life uh, neil is respect i think respecting everything respecting your elders respecting and it's not about being subservient or bowing down to things it's you know i i think having a little bit of respect in terms of your life and and that counts for you for me for everyone you know what yeah I mean? not just people that are older than you not just people that are older than you about life about the the environment about what you get what you receive there's nothing wrong with that i think that's good you know yeah no for sure i agree um, I, I, it's not only the same in South Africa, like a lot of cultures. In South Korea, they, they go on another level. Like if you're talking to a person that's older than you, uh, just a, just a, another person who's slightly older than you, you have to call them big brother yeah. in South Korean, like um, I think it's Hyong or something. Yeah. And, um, and I think it was the same at some point in Australia as well. Yeah. Like if you go into the country, I think that culture is just, I don't know, gone away for some reason or another yeah look i i mean i i deal a lot with japanese and i deal a lot with the koreans south koreans and uh they do take it to another level in terms yeah. of respect and and you know i suppose it's it's when it becomes dysfunctional because sometimes it can become dysfunctional where where you know you know sometimes the japanese take it to the ultimate extreme of, of, mm. of respect and i i don't totally agree with that yeah but i also don't believe you should go completely the other way and and have no respect um you know i i have seen kids where you know they speak to elderly people you know you know very badly and i just I don't like that, and I don't enjoy that. Yeah. It might be for some people, mm -hmm. but definitely not, not for the way I want to live my life. You know? Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I, I've I've seen that a lot, where I've um, I've encountered like children speaking to their parents, like shouting at them, not only calling them by their first name, but <laughs> but that that to some degree is the parents' fault, don't you think, for for allowing that to happen over and over again, so that the child thinks they have the right to do so, right? Yeah. Look, I think it's both. I mean, at the end of the day, the the, 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 the parents should, should, you know, set the example and, and, and show what it is. And then kids should live up to that. You know, it's not just, it comes from both sides, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 
I, I've seen every extent. I mean, I've 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 seen I've I've seen some some kids swearing at their parents. Yeah, yeah. And the parents right. thinking that's okay, and it, it's not okay. I think in any culture that's not okay. You know. Yeah. So for those what if the what if the culture of that particular group of people, wherever they are, is to swear, like, and you know, swearing almost loses its significance. For example, some people I've met in Australia, and I'm sure there's people elsewhere in the world that do so as well, but like there'll be a swear word every second word you know what i mean it's not even it's not even a swear word anymore it's just part of the vocabulary yeah and look i think that's fine i think if that's part of who you are yeah then there's nothing wrong with that but i come back to respect yeah if they got swearing in their vocabulary but there's zero respect then mm -hmm. i think you've got a problem and, yeah. and i don't think you can argue that um yeah but i i got no problem with people that that find, find feel comfortable in swearing yeah i i don't but um if they do why not i mean but then again you know this you cross the line when there's no respect in terms of you know both both ways parents and kids that's yep. the way i see it yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Do you um coming back to your your travels? You said you you've had a lot of contact with South Koreans and Japanese. Um, when was that? Like, do you still have contact with that particular group, or now you're working with a different part of the world? Look, working with a different part of the world, but um, you, you know, for for many years we travelled up to that area and travelled many times to Japan and, and yeah. South Korea. Um, so it was just part of my work, part of my job. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've travelled to. I would. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to count, but probably 50, 60 countries I've probably oh, okay. been to. Um, True. So I've seen a lot of lot of different countries. And you've I've, been to those countries multiple times. Yeah, a lot of them multiple times. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. it's just my work. It took me there. I uh, I used to manage um, what we call the EMEA. It's Eastern, Middle Eastern Europe, um, and and Africa. Um, so I got to see a lot of different cultures. I've been to places like Morocco, Tunisia. Israel, Egypt, Russia, mm -hmm. Serbia, um, you know, the old Yugoslavian states, which is Slovenia, um, you know, Montenegro, those areas. So, yeah. And then I've traveled to all the general countries like Japan, you know, Europe, um, etc. And then a lot, a lot in the U.S., etc. So, yeah. Have you been all over the U.S. or when you fly to the U.S., does it focus on one state? Mainly focuses on one state. Um, California? Yeah, California, yeah. but I... I have had chance to move to. I mean, I've been to places like New York, Miami, San yeah. Francisco, etc. So All the big ones. Yeah. Been to into a few areas around there. Yeah. So. Sure. And um, like, you've been traveling for how many years now? Twenty years? Oh, more. Probably. Yeah. Probably about. Uh, yeah. Call it twenty years. Twenty, twenty-five years. All with the same company. All with the same company. <laughs> True. And you've been with this company for twenty-five years. Been with the company for 20, 25, 26 years, yeah. Do you feel like you've climbed as high as you can climb on this, on this ladder? No. I, look, it depends what ladder you're referring to um, because everybody sees it differently. Yeah. We've had some conversation about this. Um, I mean, could I climb higher if I wanted to? Yes. Um, have I climbed as far as I probably want to? Yeah, I, oh, okay. I've so probably gone up the ladder and come down the ladder a little bit in terms yeah. of where I've been, and uh, it's, it's been an incredible journey, yeah, Neil. You know? Yeah, but you've got from seeing positions a bit higher, you've got no interest to to go any further. No, look, I I think at one stage in my life, for mm -hmm. sure, I would have I would have uh, I, you know I was I wanted to climb as high as I can and and as far as I could. But I think as you get a little bit older, um, you probably get to realize that's not the most important thing in life. You know, once you get to a certain destination, you might realize, well, this isn't really what I wanted, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then you take a different path. Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm still ready to experience a lot more with the company. Mm -hmm. Maybe just in a different form. It doesn't have to be in a higher position, in, you know, in more responsibility. It could just be, hey, I'm going to do something different in the US or I might move to some other country or, yep. you know, might work with them in some other form. So. But you've got that power within the company to influence your position slightly and like ask to be moved? You do, you do. I mean, if you want to move, you can move within the organization. Um, but, you know, the organization's going to look at it 
from their point of view and say, hey, do, you know, they're not going to just do what I want for sure. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, it's, hey, look, you know, what are your aspirations? What are your goals? And then do we have something that fits? Yeah. If the two match, then, then, uh, then you'll move. If the two don't match, then obviously that won't happen. You know? Yeah, okay. And, um, oh, sorry. No, good. <laughs> we were talking before about definitions of success. So, uh, like, um, I've lost, completely lost my train of thought. No, no, but, no. Um, so, what, what do you, like... Look, I, I think the definitions of success, and you and I spoke about this in mm -hmm. detail, right? Yeah. Um, I think, one, it's, 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 it's everybody's perspective of what yep. success looks like. You also, your version of success and my version of success are completely different, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first part that we have to accept is that people have different views and people have different views about many, many things. Yeah. And especially what success looks like. And I think your version of success and the way you view success will change through your life. So when you're younger, you might see success as driving an M3 BMW, right? Mm -hmm. um, but as you get older, you might see success as being, hey, you know, my kids, my kids have achieved and they've got a degree and they've, they've got good jobs. Yep. And then maybe as you move into your late 50s, you might see success as being you know, retiring on some farm somewhere yeah. and being able to, uh, to, to plant a few millies mm -hmm. and, and grow some, 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 some potatoes. So I just think we've got to be real careful when we determine what success is because it's different for everybody. Um, for sure, I think there are some basic forms of success um, for everybody. And that's, that's, you know, come back to the thing of, of respect you know for me success is showing respect for me for me success is is being able to not treat people badly and treat treat anything badly and the, those are the basic forms of success for me you know yeah and that's evolved over time as well look it does yeah it does it does evolve and it does change over time in terms of in terms of what you want to do um but again you know, it's different for everyone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, um, one thing I think you are successful at is speaking. Now, I just like had a brain fart and couldn't think of what to say, right? Um, partly because I feel like now with this podcast with you, I wasn't, I didn't have a specific thing I wanted to focus on. Previous podcasts, like I, this one person, like I had a specific area of expertise where, but Anyway, so for, for a few reasons, I had a brain fart, but then you just picked it up and kept talking. No. So you've clearly had a lot of experience with public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So I, again, <coughs> two, two things. One is my job makes, ensures that I have to do that because yeah. you know, I manage people and I have to speak to groups of people all the time. Um, I also doesn't speaking never came naturally to me, uh, Neil. You know, I had to force myself to, to public speak and... Um, the way I did that in my early career, I went to Toastmasters. You would have heard of Toastmasters, which is a public speaking organization. No, I haven't heard of them. In South Africa? In South Africa and here. Toastmasters is a global organization. And you go to these uh, meetings where they teach you to speak and they teach you to engage with people. And so I learned a lot about that. Um, and then I just forced myself to do it. I forced myself to learn because it was one of the things I had a key ingredient to be successful in my job was speaking. Yeah, exactly, right. Um, and, and and again, it it does it didn't come naturally to me. I, I you know. I'm, How many years did it take for you to? Many years. And did it, did your in, inability to to speak properly in the beginning or to to a high enough level did that that did that hinder your career at all? No, no. Or did that have any negative effects? Not really, because in the beginning you sort of grow into it, yeah, um, and you just you just sort of learn to to deal with that. And you, as you speak, and you get better, and you mess up, um, so you'll get better and better in speaking. But as I say, Neil, for me, public speaking was never natural. It, even today, it's not natural, mm -hmm. even though it might seem hey, it, it picks up naturally. There are a few really good speakers that are natural speakers, people yep. like like Obama, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. some really, really good natural speakers. Um, but I'm certainly not one of them, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's, that's humble of you, I think. <laughs> but um, 
do you like have you ever done a podcast before this is much more nonchalant this is why i need to relax as well it's much more nonchalant there's no parameters i'm, I'm happy for people to see mistakes and stuff but um do you ha like have you ever done anything like this a podcast which is more relaxed because i understand your other public speaking would be like more like live in front of 100 people or 200 people something like that where there's a bit more pressure to execute yeah so look i've done quite a few podcasts uh, oh you have I've, yeah i've done a, i've done several podcasts around the business and around what we oh, do sure. um sometimes they interview me in terms of my position and 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 what leadership style have i got so yeah so I talk a little. I talk a little bit about that. Um, we also do um, a lot of patient interviews because we're a medical company. We bring in patients, and yeah. we t I talk to patients about their journey. Um, you know, what did they face? How did they get there? And then we talk about the technology that saved their lives. Okay. Um, so so we do a lot of that in terms of public speaking, and that's recorded. And then we share that with our teams. We share that with the company, and yeah. we, we, we share that with the with the public. You know, to boost morale and to like show you the impact you're making or your actual Correct. the yeah. results of your product. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is not so much the product, but the results of what we do. You know, we we've got life saving technology that changes lives. Um, mm -hmm. So I mentioned to you one of the key things we do, Neil, is heart valves. Yeah. So when your valve starts to fail. Uh, literally you're not getting enough blood through your system through your body um, and because your circulatory system starts to slow down you know your fluid in your lungs start to block up you don't get enough oxygen and it feels like you're slowly drowning mm -hmm. um, and it's a terrible terrible disease and a terrible way to die because it's really very slow um, so we come in we replace the heart valve um, and the Correction's automatic, it's immediate, and mm -hmm. they, patients feel better immediately from the time the valve gets replaced. And it's amazing to see it changes their lives forever. So, um, so when we interview people like that, it's very humbling um, and very inspiring. And so yeah. it's, it's a great, great thing to do. And that's probably why I've stayed in the job for so long um, and the company I've stayed in so long, because... The company I'm with is Edward Life Sciences, and they're extremely ethical company. They do things for the right reasons. Sure, we're here to make money, but if we didn't make money, we wouldn't, wouldn't be able to invest in innovation and new technology. Yep. So we balance out the commercial side, the capital side, versus doing good for patients and, and, and making people's lives better. And yep. it's, a, it's a great place to be. I've, I've, I've had an amazing career, an amazing... Uh, um, journey with the company, so it's I can't complain. It's been fantastic. That's brilliant. Well, what um, what are the other podcasts that? What are the names of the other podcasts? Do you know? Yeah, so we have a we have our own internal podcast series called called um, uh, Critical Care Interviews. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, as I say, they've interviewed me. We interview clinicians about the impact they have on patients' lives. Yep. Um, so that's the, the other podcast we've done. I've done some leadership podcasts okay. um, around, around you know, what makes a good leader, you know, you know, you know how, how do you interact in the, in the commercial world. So we've done a few things like that. You oh, know? Okay, so but much more like focused podcasts that have a, that have a desired outcome. No, like just, a, no. sometimes it's just general chit-chat. Oh, okay. Like we're doing. Yeah. And we just get together and we, we talk. Yep. You know, and I think those are the best podcasts. I think sometimes if you really want to focus podcast, you can, but then mm -hmm. you need to prepare and you need to have specific questions and yeah, you yeah. have a specific goal. But I think in general, a podcast is just like what you're doing now. Yeah. You sit down, you have a, 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 an armchair chat, um, yeah. and you let the podcast take wherever you want it to go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No parameters. Yeah. That's the reason I want to do it um, to to just get better at navigating a conversation. Yeah. But um, and yeah, I, I, reluctantly so I will post my errors as well. You know what I mean? So I can see that improvement personally as well. Yeah. But and look, you can edit your errors out. The best part of a podcast. Yeah, yes, you can. Is edit the stuff you don't want in, and that's 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 just as important. Yeah, but I don't know. A part of me wants to keep it in, even though it annoys me. I want I what I like about a podcast personally is I've. 
I've, I've listened to some people from when they started and then like maybe 800 episodes later and you see a massive improvement, you know, and you notice it and you notice that they've done it. But also, I don't know if I have the time to edit out all the, all the specifics, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe I will. Um, but with the, the like, have you, you've just been a guest on all these podcasts, right? Sometimes I've interviewed, sometimes oh, okay. I've been the, the interviewer, and sometimes I've been a guest. So it just, it just depends uh, of where we're at, you know. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Is that part of your role in the company, or is that just a, 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 like an extra? Uh, just an extra. I mean, I, I would say it's part of the role because you know, when, you're, when you're a leader within an organization and you have people reporting into you, one, that's a huge privilege, right? But two, it's a huge responsibility because people do look up to you for certain things. You know, otherwise don't do it. Otherwise, don't be a leader. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You're, in some regard, you're the face of the company or you're an aspect of it. One, you're the face of the company, but it, it also becomes personal, you know, because it's not just about the company. Uh, it's also about people and their own personal issues and their personal problems and their own journey through through life because you know i a lot of times people speak about work-life balance mm -hmm. but uh, hey you got to get your work-life balance right but that's the wrong terminology you want to use a better terminology to use is what we call work-life integration and that's more prevalent today where you learn to integrate your work and your personal life together and mm -hmm. what works for you and what works the company and the better you can integrate it the better the better job you're going to do and the better the more happy you are you're going to be in your life so gone's the day of hey listen you need to be at the office at eight and finish at five and i've got to balance how much work and how much home time nowadays it's more about integration when i really need to be off i'm off but when I really need to be at the work, I'm at the work. Yeah, okay. And you integrate that together, and that's that's where it's going to at the moment. Do you think because of the whole pandemic situation, it's going that way? I think that's that's generated it and accelerated it, yeah. um, for sure. But I think it was headed there anyway before the pandemic. You know, just the pandemic may have accelerated it slightly. It definitely accelerated it because. Okay. Before then, you know, all these, you know, people working from home, you know, wasn't that much as accepted as it is now. Zoom meetings are more accepted. Like, for example, pre-pandemic, I would fly to the U.S. for a six-hour meeting, <laughs> you know. Specifically just for the six-hour meeting. Just for a six-hour meeting. And now you probably wouldn't do that. If, I, if I'm going to the U.S., it's probably going to be for you know, two, three more days of, 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 of stuff. And I, I think that's where the company's grown as well, is now they would say, hey, look, do we really need to do this face-to-face? -face? We could probably do this virtually. Yeah. And that's where it's got to, you know. And you think that improves, like, the productivity of the company or saves on costs, at least, obviously. But do you think that... I don't know, do you think you get the same results out of that six-hour meeting on, on Zoom or team, Teams or whatever as opposed to face-to-face? -to -face? Look, I think it's not so much, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. I think generally it's, 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 it's balanced and it's good productivity. I think what's more important is what I've spoken about is the integration. When you do that, you start to balance people's lives. Yep. And their work-life integration starts to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's what's key when it comes to, you know, you know, doing things like that. Not, not so much, hey, it's more productive. Because probably what's really productive is having everybody in the same room. And yep. you face-to-face -face and you can deal with the situation and deal. That's very productive. Yeah. But when it comes to, you know, you know, people's people's work balance, then it's not so good, you know. Yeah, yeah. I because see. hey, I've just spent two days flying to the US. Yeah. <laughs> you got to work it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not only does it take your time away from working in in your your home base, but also it takes time away from your family. Correct. As well, yeah, I get that. Do you um, do you think that's um like that's established in your company now this whole zoom teams viewer um environment do you think that's there to stay now yeah look it's definitely there to stay i think globally it's there to stay um i think what we've got to work out now coming out of the pandemic is and i don't think many organizations have got this right yet is 
what's the balance? What's the balance of, because remember, we pre-pandemic, we were all at work. Mm -hmm. Post-pandemic, during pandemic, we were all at home. Yeah. Now we've got to find some balance between work and home and what that looks for each organization is going to be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just depends in which industry you're in. And, yep. you know, some people, if you're a doctor um, or a nurse, very difficult to do your work from home. Yeah, exactly. You know? You've got to be there. Maybe some, you know, some of it can be virtual. Yeah. It depends on the, the, what you're in. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of companies like our company, Google, are trying to work out what's the balance between the two. But I think to answer your question, is it here to stay? thousand percent it's here to stay uh, and you know, people people won't go back to the old ways of being into the office nine to five yeah and and you're a yeah i, I kind of uh, thought that as well but now you're a you're a, a leader of a group of people um I, how many people do you lead at the moment approximately about 20 people reporting into me yeah. and previously you've led a much bigger team as well yeah um so you've led teams for quite a while now how is um how is, what's your personal opinion from leading this team face-to-face -to, -face to leading this team over Zoom meetings? Look, as a more of a, I, I don't, I hate to use the word old school, but I am a little bit of more coming from the, the, the old school generation where I do like people face-to-face. -face. Yep. It has been a learning curve for me to do this. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's got, it's got pros and cons in both ways. As yep. I say, Sometimes virtually you don't get the real feel and the real emotion of, of the people in the room. Yeah. When you face to face, I can see your facial expressions. I can yeah. see, <laughs> I can see you, you know how you're reacting, and I can get a better feel. Yeah. So you you just learn to deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's a question of what's better or not. I think I come back to the thing of saying. It's what works for people now and what integrates work and work and, and, and home life better is going to be this balance of, 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 of working from home and working from the office. Oh, okay. Um, so you said before that you hate to use the term old school. What, um, what do you feel like you, you, uh, you resent getting older? No. Do you feel like you still no, want to be younger? No, I... I don't like to pigeonhole people. I think uh, one of my pet hates is when we put people into boxes yeah. and, uh, and, and we pigeonhole people. Hey, look, um, you know, he's old, so he can't do this job or he can't do that. Hey, mm -hmm. um, you're, you're blonde and blue-eyed, so you, you're not intelligent. Or hey, you're a woman, so you can't fly, fly a plane. Or I, I think I, I hate doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and you know we we you know we we I, we came from a history of 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 a country that that classified people by race, yeah, which is the most craziest silliest thing you could ever do because it doesn't make sense. Yep. Um, so I hate to pigeonhole or classify things, and that's why I said uh, I hate the word old school because it's 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 everybody's equal and everybody can do something and 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 you know it doesn't matter whether you're young or you're old or maybe we do things faster or slower but really who cares um you know at the end of the day we we we're all on this earth for a reason and we all should be respected um irrespective of who we are whether it's whether what position we hold whether you're the CEO of a company or you're the janitor. Yeah. I mean, why should I have more respect because I'm the CEO and less respect because I'm the janitor? But why? It doesn't make yeah. sense to me and that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, no, I get that. So going back to South Africa then, and you, you, when you were in the company in South Africa, was there more of an environment of, of, of I don't know, putting people in categories? Like that, that, I don't know, the janitors a certain level because I even felt like that when I was in different parts of South Africa that people really you can feel that they believe that they're a higher class than other people. Did was that the culture in the South African branch of the company? You think? Look, I, I wasn't so much the culture of the company, but it was the culture of the country. Yeah, it's that's what true. we grew up in. That yeah, that hey, if you if you this you'll get this if you that you'll be this yep. if you that you can do this if you this you'll get this job so it wasn't fair and equal um and that 
filters through to every 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 parts of the of society, and it filters through to your home life. It mm -hmm. happens in your in 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 your own personal home life. Hey, if you're the maid, you 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 don't come to our toilet. You go to the toilet outside. Yeah. <laughs> you don't sleep in our house. You sleep outside. Or if you're in the company, hey, very hierarchical. Hey, if I'm the boss, you'll you'll you'll, you'll respect me and bring me coffee. And if you if you the the tea tea girl, you'll clean the cars and make the tea. I think that is changing in some countries and some organisations. I definitely see a massive change in that in South Africa for sure. From the time I've been back, so you um, go back regularly. Well, pre-COVID, oh, we okay. were back once a year at least. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I saw, we I saw a lot of change there, but it's takes time to change society and it takes time to change norms, uh, Neil. It yeah. takes, just because you want to change and you want to be better, it doesn't mean society and systems move quickly with it. But hopefully, you know, one day we'll get to a point where people aren't biased and people remove their own, their, their own reflection of what the world should look like because it's it's not right and and again it comes down to respect and treating people equally is is i think just fair you know yeah G going like um staying on the south africa top point so in the beginning of your career before your career began you were in the army i believe right yeah yeah so we got drafted to the army it was compulsory so it mm -hmm. wasn't I went there as a choice. Um, was it compulsory for all South Africans? Compulsory for all male, white South Africans that mm -hmm. were of a certain age. Oh, okay. And you fell into that category. Uh, yeah. So where did you go during your time in the army? So I was drafted into the Navy. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I got uh, drafted into the Marine Corps. Um, so I did my first uh, three months basics in Marines. Um, I then went on to do a leadership course where I got rank and I took my own troops. Um, so for the next nine months, I was on a leadership course in uh, in Simonstown. Um, in Simonstown. In yeah, Simonstown yeah. Um, and Gordon's Bay. And uh, after that year, once I got my rank, um, I was then drafted uh, to the border. So I went up to Southwest Africa and Angola for for three, four months, mm -hmm. um, spent some time there and then came back to Richards Bay and spent the rest of my time in Richards Bay. But you were a Marine in the Marines, right? Yes. But you were you on inland on the border in Angola or more on the coastline? So we were inland, so we used to patrol as Marines because we were Navy. There were a lot of rivers um, that went through Angola um, oh, okay. and Southwest Africa and we would patrol the rivers. Um, making sure that the SWAPO and the Ngogolan, if you call it what we call terrorists at that time, um, wouldn't cross the rivers into into uh, into uh, into our territory. Yeah, which was Namibia. Oh, at that time it was part of South Africa, right? That's Northwest. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, I get you. Um, but so, do you feel like that time in the army, including the leadership course, do you feel like that set you up for what you've done in your career since then? Like in terms, because you're a leader in your role now, right? Do you feel like that gave you some like, skills that you've used along the way? Look, it definitely helped. Um, it, what it set up for me was discipline. Um, yep. you, know, uh, you know, before I went into the army, I had zero discipline. And, uh, you yeah. know, I was a young kid who didn't want to you know, do anything, cut my hair, make my bed. Yeah. You come out of the army, it definitely changes you. So. I think what it set it at me up, not maybe a little bit for leadership because I got to 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 learn how to lead um, people, um, but I think it also set me up for you know just being disciplined and consistent because mm -hmm. I, that's to me has been one of the key things I found that's enabled me to be successful is the more disciplined I've been and the more consistent I've been, the more successful I've been. Yep. You know, you know, are you willing to get up every morning at 5.30 and get going and mm -hmm. do your thing? The army taught me that. So, oh, true. Maybe I should go to the army then, eh? <laughs> well, you, you, don't, you don't have to go to the army to learn that. Yeah, no. Right? You can learn that through life and you can learn yep. that through, through other ways. And, 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 and it also doesn't mean it's right, Neil. Um, mm. that, that's what I'm saying. And one thing I want you to get out this podcast or get out this conversation, 
there really is no wrong or right answer. Yeah. There is no really wrong or right way of doing things. Mm -hmm. There is no, hey, if I do this, this, and this, I'm going to be successful. If I went to school and I got a degree and I'm a doctor, I'm successful. I know many, many doctors that are very unsuccessful. Yep. And, um, and they, they are terrible people to be around. I know some fantastic doctors, on the other hand, that are brilliant. Mm -hmm. But I'm, all I'm saying is just because you're a lawyer, a doctor, or you're a president of a country doesn't make you successful. And so what I want you to really get out of it is there's no real wrong or right answer in life about what you need to be and who you need to be at. I think it really boils down to... Um, what you think is important and what you think you want out of life and what your goals and, and what your values are. Yeah. And I think if you get that right, mm -hmm. if you do that with respect, yep. you, you're fine. Yep. You know, it's, it's, the end, it's, 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 it's easy to say, hey, listen, I want to be a gangster or a badass. Mm -hmm. But the only way I'm going to do that is to hoot, hurt, shoot and kill people and make other people's lives a misery. There's no way you can claim that is successful. You might as a gangster, mm -hmm. but general society won't look at it as successful. But if you're a, you're a, you're a traveler and you don't believe in, in, in success as the degree and going to work 20 hours a day, um, society is not going to frown upon you if you travel the world and, you, and you, 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 know, you help people in various countries. That could probably be more successful and seen as more you know, in a better quality of life than, yeah. than, than sitting in traffic, you know, two hours a day. <laughs> I like the way you put it. Yeah, it depends who's looking. Because I think, I think coming back to South Africa, a lot of people in South Africa st still have that idea of success. Because unlike Australia, in Australia you can do any job. You can work as a janitor and buy a house. You know, you can work at McDonald's and buy a house. Where South Africa, like the pay grade, your quality of life is vastly different. If you've got that degree and got that, you know, that title... If the, or um, compared to if you're doing a normal job. So I think, I think as a result of that, a lot of people in South Africa still might look at me as a, or anybody, as a traveler, you know what I mean? Not working 20 hours a day as somebody that is un unsuccessful, but I think that's quickly changing though with the new era though. Look, again, you, you're gonna get, doesn't matter how well you do, you're gonna get some people that will look at you like that and some people that won't. Yeah. And, and I've spoken to you about this before. I mean, what I think what's important is how you see yourself and yep. how you focus on yourself rather than your focus on how other people see you. Because when you move your focus to other people, you know, one, you've got no control over that, uh, Neil, and, and you're never going to change some people. You're never going to change the why Why would you if you're... If your view is, hey, you know, I, I don't like a certain group of people, you're going to really struggle to change those people's views. Um, yep. So rather focus on who you are and what you want to do and then focus on the people that see the good in you for that rather than the people that don't because you're never going to change their minds. I um, like that. And another piece of advice I can give you there on that, Neil, is that... Um, Again, I spoke about this pigeonholing of people. So what you don't want to do is say, hey, South Africans are like this, Australians are mm -hmm. like this. Yeah, this is true. Because I see it all the time. I, I, Every time I say I'm South African in Australia, their automatic view is I'm racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight away. Hey, you're South African, you're racist. Um, hey, you're... Jewish, you hate Muslims. Mm -hmm. Hey, you're you're uh, you know uh, Australian. You 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 you, you like drinking beer. Mm -hmm. It's so false that generalizing. That I think generalizing mm. is so damaging and so false that it puts people into categories they shouldn't be in. Yeah, because obviously all South Africans are different, all Australians are different. Absolutely. Yeah. There's good and bad in everybody, and it yeah. doesn't matter whether you're a South African, whether you're an Australian, or whether you're, you come from Iraq. Mm -hmm. Some very, very good Iraq people. There's very, Iraqis are some very, very good people in every society, and there's some very, very bad people. And there's, 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 there's people that are biased, there's people that are racist, there's people that are good, there are people that are... And we as a human race, we've got to stop this 
hey, I'm South African, so you've got to be this. I'm yeah. black, so you should be that. I mean, how many times have you heard it that, that you, know, you know, whites can only do this or this oh, can only do too that? Too many times, yeah. And it's, and it's wrong and it's false. It's, it's dumb and it's wrong and it shouldn't yeah. happen. It's, at the end of the day, we are all humans and we should all see each other as equal and, and the environment. The, 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 the beautiful earth we've been given and the animals we've been given. Mm -hmm. If we could do that, how much better place would the world be? <laughs> what, do you think, what, are, what is the likelihood, in your personal opinion, of that actually happening? Look, I, the good in me would hope and pray that it would happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the pessimist in me would say, given human nature, probably never, because unfortunately we as humans are a greedy species. Mm, you know, we tend to, you know, enough is never enough for most humans. Mm -hmm. You know, if we've got a car, we want a better car. If we've got, uh, if we've got a house, we want a bigger house. If we, if we travel, we want to go to more countries. If we want, we just never satisfied as a human race. Um, we always want more and more and more. And, and unfortunately, this earth is, is got a limited amount of resource. Mm -hmm. And we're probably getting to a point where, where we're extracting more than the earth is giving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's going to be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Without being negative. Yeah. Because I don't <laughs> want to be negative on your podcast. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all about truth. And um, people have to accept the truth, right? If that's negative, so be it. Um, one second. I'm going to just go to the toilet. I'll be back. No problem. I'm going to check on this um, angle as well. So, um, after the army, um, like how old were you when you got out of the army? Uh, 20. 20. And then what was the next step for you? So next step, I met, uh, Cheryl, um, and, uh, we got married, uh, soon after. Um, so I think I got married when I was 22. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, just started my life. I mean, I started to study. I, I studied through Siemens and got an electrical engineering degree. Um, I then joined a medical company and then finished my uh, MBA. I went to Wits Business School and got an MBA. Um, so, so you did your, your, your en electrical engineering degree through Siemens, Siemens company? Correct. So did I, I they send you to a university? Or? Correct. I went to, I went to, uh, to um, to Wits Technicon, um, oh, okay. and, and I got uh, a T4 level engineering uh, degree at Wits Technicon, um, and that was really helpful because you know in medical there's a lot of electrical engineering and a lot of medical equipment, um, but I liked the business side of it and 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 how to run a business. So I did an MBA and I got a lot of experience, and then yep. I just sort of landed up in the business. Um, and today I use both. Today I have a technical department that reports into me. So mm -hmm. we have an engineering department uh, in my division that, 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 I, that reports to me. Um, and I also have sales and business and marketing reporting into me. So, so that, that's eventually where my career led up when I, uh, when I came out of the army. But more than a career, I think what's been better for me is, is, is the life I've had with my family. You know, I've had... Um, two beautiful, two beautiful kids, uh, you know, Lance and Natalie have both been very successful and both gone on to do some, some really good things. And, and then I've had an amazing partner, Cheryl. So that's been even better. And that's what I'll remember more than any career for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I, 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 I certainly will remember that better than a career for sure. Awesome, I like that, and that's that started just that started before your career as well. So. That started before the career. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. So then, after your MBA, um, what you were straight into Edwards Life Sciences? No, so after my MBA, I joined a company uh, called Baxter Healthcare. Yeah. Um, and Edwards was part of Baxter. It was a division of Baxter. Baxter owned Edwards. Baxter owned Edwards. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the year 2000, Edwards spun out of Baxter. There was a buyout, a management buyout, and Edwards listed separately on the New York Stock Exchange. Okay. Um, and I had the opportunity to either stay with Baxter or join Edwards. Yep. Um, and because I just finished my MBA, I thought, oh, 
small company, growing company. I'm going to learn more there. So I went with Edwards instead of staying with an established company like Baxter. Yeah, more potential for quicker growth in Edwards as well at the time. Yeah, quicker growth, just more learning, you know, because mm -hmm. it was a new company. Um, and um, and the rest is history. I mean, I've just I've just done so many things with Edwards uh, that you know, I'm blessed as far as what I've been able to achieve and do with Edwards. Yeah, and uh, do you do you feel the company's grown? Well, obviously, like has the company grown a lot since? since you began with them then? So the company's had phenomenal growth. When I started with Edwards, there were about 1,500 employees. Yeah. Um, 20 years later, there's 9,000. Wow, that was 1,500 worldwide? 1,500 worldwide. And they already had an established like base in, in the whole world? No. Or it was just focusing on one part of the world? There were, there was, they were in Japan, they were in a few countries, and then yeah. as they grew, for example, uh, we opened up the office in, in South Africa, brand new, so oh, we okay. started the office there. Um, when I got to Australia, um, a very small business here as well. So as the company grew, so the company expanded offices. Yeah. So from 1,500 to 9,000 people now. Yeah, amazing, amazing success story. Um, driven by a, an amazing man, our CEO, his name's Mike Musalem. Um, you can Google him and look at look at him. He's uh, he's a world leader, um, and he phenomenal vision in terms of where he brought this company from and to. Yeah. Um, highly highly respected global leader. Have you worked directly with him? Yes. Oh, okay, true. Yeah. So, do you think you're um, are you well known in the this nine thousand people? Or are you kind of famous in the Edwards community? I would say, given the fact that I've been there forever and ever, yeah. uh, probably there's a huge amount of people that do know me and, and, and know who I am. Yeah. But and, and that's why they laugh at you when they see you drive a Corolla or a, or a oh, Yaris, right? Oh, I, I guess that's the local people. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, when they, uh, you know, they, they do ask, why don't I drive a better car? And I, yeah. you know, I'm comfortable driving a Yaris. I mean, I, I'm, I, 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 I'm not a title person. And, yeah. And, and, but I don't hold back of people who want to drive Mercedes-Benz. That's where I come back. Everybody yeah. for their own. Yeah. You know, don't judge me. I don't judge you. Yeah. You know, if you want to drive Mercedes, and I did when I was younger, mm -hmm. I would kill to get a Mercedes, right? Yeah. Um, but now it's not that important. Now the material things aren't, aren't that, I wouldn't say all material things, but like showing your status isn't as important to you? Not, not that important anymore. Um, Helping people, seeing people grow. When I see some of my younger team members mm -hmm. succeed and move up in levels, it's fantastic. That's more rewarding to me than driving a Mercedes Benz. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. like it. Yeah, true. Where do you think you got that quality? Like, wh when did when there was the defining time where you stopped caring about like buying that Mercedes and showing status? Do you think it was when you got to Australia or a bit earlier? Or? No, Neil, there's no defining point. There's no point in your life that's, that changes you. says, hey, one day I'm like this, the next day I'm like that. Yeah. It doesn't work. That doesn't happen that way. It's, it's, life is hard, and mm -hmm. life produces a lot of hard knocks. And it's through those hard knocks that you can either learn to grow or not grow. Some people get a hard knock and they go the really wrong way, or some people get a hard knock and they go another way. And I say it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. Yeah. And that's how I've grown and learned. I've, I've had a few hard knocks in my life, and, and I've learned from them, and I've, I've been humbled by them, and I've learned don't be an arrogant little idiot because one day you, you, know, you might not be that smart. Yeah. One day you might not have your health. One day you might not be so successful. So don't be a schmuck. That's what I've learned. <laughs> and... and and maybe be a little bit more humble and, and have more gratitude and treat people with more respect as I've gone through life. And I've learned that over a period, not mm -hmm. just, hey, this is when it changed when I moved to Australia. You, you grow and you learn. And unfortunately, some people never learn that lesson. Yeah, some that's people true. Do. Um, you must have, like, hearing about your ethics and, where, and how you want to stand in life, you must have struggled with, Going um, or did you struggle when you were in the army in South Africa with um, with the situation? Did you have opinion on the political situation at the time? Look, I didn't because, and it might sound like a cop out, um, 
but that's what we grew up in. Mm -hmm. That's what we knew. You yep. didn't, you didn't, when I went into the army, I was fighting for my country. I th saw them as terrorists and, and I didn't look at anybody else's way. I was too young and naive to understand this isn't right. So when I was in the army, for sure I never saw that. Oh, okay. I, I, I saw a completely different way. Yeah. And it took me time to realize this isn't right and this is not the way to behave. Mm. So, no, in the army I was probably the other way. If I could get out and, you know, defend what I thought was right, I would. Yep. Which was, yeah, okay. Which was what South Africa was at the time, at least. That's exactly. what you were defending. So, exactly. so what, can you elaborate on that? Um, what, what was the, the idea around, like, um, who were you fighting and why were they terrorists? So, so at that time, um, you know, black people wanted uh, to be part of the country and they wanted equal vote. Yep. So they wanted to be part of the system. Theoretically, they were excluded. Only whites could vote, blacks couldn't vote. Yep. Um, they had to live in one area, we had to live in another area. And they saw this as totally immoral and wrong, which it was. Um, so they were fighting the government at that stage for equal rights, for the right to vote, for the right to travel on the same bus or the same train. Mm -hmm. And what we were doing was saying, no, you don't have that right because you, you, you don't have citizenship in this country. The only people that are citizens are white people. Um, so they were fighting against us and they took up arms against us. And mm -hmm. that's what the fight was about. Yep. And uh, it, was this specifically the ANC or was it other groups as well? It was other groups as well. I mean, the ANC was one group. SWAPO, which, which, which was the Southwest African group, was another group. Um, Cubans, Cuba got involved in the fight um, and supported SWAPO. Um, but oh, did they send people over? They sent 10,000 Cubans uh, across. They sent Cuban MiGs from Russia. We fought the Cubans in Angola. And funny enough, when I was in Cuba, I had met up with a Cuban that was in Angola the exact same time I was there. Oh, so you and met somebody that you were shooting at. And we, was, we sat and had a beer and talked about the time in Angola. And, um, but there were a lot of different conflicts. And, you know, certain people have certain reasons for being there. You know, like Cuba and Russia had their, their reason for being there was fight against the West. It had nothing to do with the rights of South Africans. Yeah. So everybody's reason for being there was different. Yeah. And the same you see in wars today. Yeah. You know, America's reason for being in the Ukraine is very different for, for, than the Ukrainians. So everybody has their own selfish motivations. Yeah. Um, but um, at the end of the day, oppressing people, bombing people, killing people, Whichever side you are. For whatever reason, yeah. is, 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 for me, is immorally wrong and not right. Yeah. And you shouldn't do it. Do you ever feel regret or doing it when you were younger? Like... Absolutely. If I had my time over, I would never go to the army and do what I did. Mm. Never. So you were in there for two years? Two years. Did, did you think that caused any like PTSD or like trauma, trauma for you? Or... Look, I, I, I think it does. You always remember and you never forget some of the things you saw mm. and, and the things that happened. Um, you know, the impact it has on some people and the levels of impact is different. Yep. Some people really see some bad stuff and they get very affected by it. Some people don't. Um, it, again, there's no wrong or right as to, you know, should it or shouldn't affect you. It just is what it is. Yep. Um, but yeah, of course it affects you and, and seeing horrible stuff is not nice and it's not good, you know. Yeah. Um, that, you, you mentioned before that everybody's got their own incentive to be involved in a war, etc. So clearly, like, is, is it because of the, all this travel that you've developed, like, political opinions? Like, as you travel to a new country, you, you suss out the situation. Have you always, like, tried to keep evolving your political opinion or you've just been happy to stay? No, I've been interested in polit politics and what makes people tick and think. I've been interested in religion and, and things like that and where we've come from as a human species. Um, but travel definitely helps. You mm. know, I've, 
I've been into the West Bank and I've travelled uh, into Ramallah and I've had dinner in Ramallah. I've been to Tunisia, I've been to Morocco, um, I've been in the heart of Israel, Tel Aviv, Caesarea, um, and I've seen these conflicts. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it does change your perspective on people and it, it, it gets you to see, you know, people's view from their view because yep. when you live in one place and you never leave one little town, you've got just one point of view and that's that point of view you were brought up with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you've never been anywhere or seen anybody or spoken to anybody with a different point of view, well, how can you have a different point of view? You can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that backs up. That that gives me hope because that's part of the reason why I want to keep traveling the world. You know, hopefully after I've seen, I think I've seen 26 countries, but I don't think I've been in too many conflict zones apart from the Myanmar one. But um, I, I, w I would hope to be something something like you where I've experienced enough things to, you know, and seen the point of view from the other side, not just from my side, because it's very... It's a very narrow view, like hooking, looking through horse blinkers when you're in one particular country. I think in any country as well. True. And, and when you travel, you've got to be open-minded. Yeah. You know, if you travel with a closed mind, uh, Neil, you, it doesn't matter how much you travel, you still won't see anybody's point of view because you'll see them as wrong. But when you travel with an open mind and you go to a place like Israel, for example, you can see, you have to be able to see both sides. You have to be able to see the Palestinian side and you have to be able to see the Israeli side because unfortunately neither are wrong or neither are right mm -hmm. and but if you spoke to either side they would completely disagree with you yeah but that's my perspective anyway so so you think neither are wrong and neither are right on that side but but you're saying because you had to deal with both the Palestinians and the Israelis for your work right correct so you had to um, you had to be that diplomatic person did you ever discuss politics when you were dealing with this with, with your business absolutely when... and go for dinner and we would of course the conversation would lead to politics and and religion and and yeah we would deal with it and talk about it and how did you cope with that with that specific talking to the palestinians compared to the israelis i, I think it depends on your approach so mm -hmm. if your approach is biased for example you believe the israelis are the completely in the wrong year and you're speaking to them you wouldn't cope with it well and a conversation wouldn't go down well but if you were open-minded about listening to both viewpoints and are trying to understand it you cope with it fine yeah you know i wasn't there to change things i was there to understand yeah and learn and that's exactly what i did yeah i like that uh, hopefully i can take some of that out of it so do you feel like that's the end of the road for you in terms of learning um like traveling the world and expanding your opinion or is it ongoing for the next 30 40 years oh, ongoing no matter how old you are you've heard the term term you learning never ends right yeah when you stop learning you start dying so don't ever stop learning and it doesn't matter who you are and how old you are and I don't care whether you know you Elon Musk or or you know President Biden or whoever you are you'll never stop learning and mm -hmm. you never stop understanding and being a better person because that's life yeah you know I think when you think you've got to that point you're in trouble yeah 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 You've got to keep keep evolving, yeah, because the world is constantly adapting. As, I mean, evolving as well. If you don't adapt to it, you're going to get left behind. Well, you you, you will get left behind, but you're right. I mean, the world continuously changes, and uh, mm -hmm. opinions change all the time. So, in, in that um, on that note, are you um, the world is changing into cryptocurrency investments? Are you um, are you much involved into that? <laughs> or no, too old school. No, probably too old school in terms of it. I, I. I mean, I try and follow it, and it's fascinating to see how a currency or, uh, can evolve outside the system mm -hmm. because that's really what's happened. It's, uh, yep. it's outside the n normal banking system. I never thought that would be possible. Yep. So there's a learning for you in itself. Mm -hmm. But um, it's probably something I'm not too interested in um, yep. to, to know and to, to, to be part of. You know? It's not only... It's not only currencies, though, as well. You realize that it's also yeah. like, like there's this one group called, or, or they've got a coin, but they're called Theta, 
and they partnered with Google, Samsung, a lot of other things. But they, um, their goal is to create this cloud computer, that uh, almost a cloud supercomputer that enables high-quality video uploads, something like YouTube. Absolutely. But um, like, like it's, it seems like a different way of people investing into a company that's got a that's got a goal. I, I feel like um, I feel like it's moved very far away from the currency thing. But yeah, look, it has. I mean, there's there's. Uh, at the end of the day, its basic form and the reason why it was created was to create a form of payment mm -hmm. for for something outside the banking system. You yeah. know, so um, but it, like anything, it evolves and it changes and it yeah. morphs into different, many different things as it goes. You know, and uh, you know, I'll leave that to the younger people like yourself to keep up to speed. Yeah, with. and I don't think I'm up to but speed with to it. Try and let me keep up to speed with it. Uh, you've got to really have an interest in it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's going to impact the world and it's here to stay? Yeah, for sure. It's here yeah. to stay. It's, uh, it's going nowhere. Yeah, I don't think so as well, mm. especially now that I've seen it, um, a lot of the, the trading platforms are sponsoring very big events and like um, even like the NFL and basketball, a lot of them are like even in Australia now on all these billboards, I see CoinSpot constantly. So it's definitely not going anywhere. Um, in, in talking about investing, when when the Edwards went onto the stock exchange, did you invest in them? Yes. Oh, you did. Yeah. So that was, would you say, one of your major investments? That was the key investment. So I, I believed in the company and what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So I put most of my investment into Edwards. And because uh, oh, I asked you this yesterday in personal conversation, whether you invest, and you said not much, but but you you probably have invested a lot, but you you're close to the company as Correct. well. So you've done like inside personal fundamental analysis, and that's correct. I've, I've, yeah, we have a scheme within Edwards where you can buy shares at a discounted rate. Oh, okay. And um, I've invested through that. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of companies have that as well, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, true. So Edwards is really taking you taking you above the clouds. Then, well, they they've they've been your your guiding your guiding ship, investment and and career wise. Yeah. Look, I think it's. It's it works both ways, you mm. know what I mean. Um, you know, uh, Edwards has given me a lot, and I've given Edwards a lot. So yep. it, it's not just a one-way street. So yeah, exactly. You know, it works both ways when it came to uh, the company. You know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh well. Any anything else you'd like to tell the world? Uh, look, I think uh, I think in closing, I think uh, you know, good luck with what you're doing. Oh, thank I you. I think it's uh, I think it's super impressive that you want to grow, you want to learn, and you want to get everybody else's opinions. Um, a lot of people, you know, don't want feedback or they don't want to know what other people think. And I think it's very refreshing as a younger person that you want to learn and grow because, you know, at the end of the time, this is what you're going to look back on. Yeah. And you're going to, every little interaction you have with somebody, you're going to learn a little bit more. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, by the end of it, I think it's going to really benefit you. So, good luck from my side. I mean, I hope you I hope you really nail it. Well done. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, and that's that's part of the reason why I don't want to edit them, even though I mean, no doubt I'm going to cop a lot of um, uh, comments for my mistakes, maybe. But um, you do what you think is right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But, but. Yeah, I, I feel like after a thousand conversations, not only will I be better at, at talking, but hopefully I can yeah learn from people different opinions. I mean, we've had lots of conversations off camera where I've learned learned from you, but yeah, hopefully other people can learn from opinions like yours and other people I talk to as well. But um, yeah, thank you, I appreciate that. Sounds good. Cheers. Thank you. Enjoy work. Yeah, no, better get going. Thanks, Neil.